Welcome back to the Boxing One Podcast. This is episode number 55, and I'm your co-host, John Richards, here with the homie, C-Last, Chris Lassner. What's up, homeboy? I'm just chilling, Jay Richards. Playoff season. Yes, sir. Before we get there, though, this is episode number 55. Who are we dedicating this episode to? It can only be 155 for what? all the basketball reasons and all the cultural reasons. For the culture, for hoops, Dikembe Mutombo, the shot blocking king, our boy, who over 20 years ago upset the Seattle Supersonics in the playoffs in a five game series. The iconic image of him laying on the ground, crying with the ball in the air, will always be embedded in my mind. But the right. other iconic image from him is what? The Dikembe finger wag. Bruh, if he'd have been part of the meme generation, oh, big time, <laughs> he probably would have more followers than any NBA player just off of that. He oh, would have his... been the first Embiid, uh, exactly. That's why I was just gonna say Instagram, he would have been Embiid before Embiid for sure. Matumbo had that swag before then. I love Matumbo, man. So, shout out to Dikembe Matumbo for being that guy. He played for the Hawks too. You know, I'm a Georgia guy. Don't really like the Hawks, but got to give a shout out to Dikembe Mutombo for this episode. Speaking of, man, it's playoff season, right? So what we do on this podcast is what? Sports, culture, theology, through the lens of the gospel. So we always start out with the sports deal and got to talk about the NBA playoffs because we're a couple of games in. Philadelphia and Miami are playing their second game tonight as we're recording this. So I want to know from you, man, what have been some of the interesting storylines that have come out in the first couple of games in these series, man? What do you think? I don't want to say it, Jay Rich, but LeBron, your boy doing that thing right before he do the breakup with teams. He's starting to be the disinterested <laughs> boyfriend again. <laughs> LeBron, the disinterested boyfriend. This is true, man. I text you the other day, and I was like, man, what is your boy out here doing, man? They out here down 20 to the Pacers, man, to Victor Oladipo on the Pacers and Lance Stevenson and his antics. And LeBron out there lallyganging, man, playing like he ain't got no purpose in life. What's up with him, man? Would MJ ever do that? Would he ever do that? Never, never. And that's why people complain and, about him not being the greatest because he tends to do this from time to time where his teammates disappoint him or his coach disappoints him and he starts pouting on the court, man. I don't know if I can dub him the greatest player if he's going to do that in the first round series like this. When you do podcasts, you kind of got to do some type of takes right away. But it, it, in fairness to LeBron, it has been one game. But if you were looking for him to be the disinterested boyfriend, you definitely saw enough evidence like, hey, let me get this triple, triple double so they can't blame me. But that's all I'm about to give you and not a lot of effort into it. I mean, there were some moments where J.R. Smith was just dribbling around and LeBron's just standing in the corner. I'm like, this cannot end well. <laughs> it really can't end well. And that's only just one series, right? We got we got Russ doing Russ Westbrook things in, in the Oklahoma City series. You're not sure if Utah has a chance in that series, even though Mitchell uh, was actually shut down a little bit, man. I was very surprised about that. We're not going to talk about my Spurs. They're playing tonight at 930 against Golden State in game two. I don't even know if they have a shot, man. I'm so discouraged right now. And I want to know where is Waldo? Where's my boy Kawhi Leonard? 
trying to figure out where he is. Like and literally, I, like where is he? <laughs> we don't know, man. Some some random New York doctors working on him or something. And Pop is really showing all the pettiness. Every time he talks about him, he's like, I don't know. His team is doing something. He's calling his doctors his team. It's like <laughs> Pop is like next level petty for sure, man. You you really interested in this Philadelphia team, man. What do you think they can do in these playoffs, man? After their first game, what did you think about them? There's supposed to be a formula, right? You're supposed to go in and pay your dues in the playoffs and work your way up. You get a first-round win, you lose in the semifinals, you make it to the conference finals, you lose there, and then you get a conference championship, and then you compete for a championship. Like, everybody goes through the process. They're trying to skip the process and say, we already been. We created a new process. Trust our process better. But you can't have the game's best center out for the game and still win the first game by 30. I just, I'm perplexed. That was ugly, man. And think about that, man. He's out and Beeb's out, but they still have your boy Ben Simmons, who <laughs> didn't somebody text us the other day like, this dude's like a creative player on 2K, for real. The homie Jay Hart. Jay Hart sent that away, right? Like, he literally is, man. If you can create a guy on 2K, it might be Ben Simmons. We thought it was LeBron, but I don't know if they have a, a setting for pout. Like a ranking or rating for pouting, but he might he might be a ninety nine on pouting. I think Ben Simmons might be that guy now. Just the way he's been playing uh, these last fifteen games and in, into the playoffs, it's been crazy, dude. Crazy good. And don't sleep on the Boston Washington series, man. That game went into overtime. Great shot at the end of the game in game one. I think that one might be one of the more competitive series in the first round. Did we miss anything? We don't want to talk about Houston, Minnesota, do we? Not really, right? Houston, if you were scared that they might not show up in the playoffs, everything last night confirmed that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. It's weird, man. They they did kind of take them down to the wire. It was only a four-point win. So so we'll see what happens in that series as well. But Just still- real quick. Wrap up that with who's who's your favorite series right now? You could only watch one. What you going with? Man, I'm probably going to go with the four five in the West. I know that Russ and them showed out on the Jazz, but you got to believe that they're going to bounce back. Well, uh, Mitchell's that, hurt. <laughs> I don't know how bad. I just know. That I don't know how bad either. Something. If he is better, I gotta hope that they bounce back, man. I like that series on paper to begin with. Again, if Mitchell is not 100%, it's probably not going to last too long. But I would have liked to see that series on paper. Like, that would have been a great series. But who I'm knows going Pacers. I'm going Pacers, Cavs, because if Oladipo pulls this off and in LeBron's <laughs> Cleveland career in the first round, <laughs> after people said that he was a nobody just slowing down Russell Westbrook last year, and now he's, I know. Now he's the best guard in the East. I'll be, oh, man, that would be something crazy, and I wouldn't want to miss that. I that have, w- it got to be Pacers-Cavs for me. That would be some great Dan Gilbert shade, because I can't believe Gilbert said that about your boy Oladipo. But, yeah, man, this is great, man. Love the playoff season. This first round has gotten off to a great start, and looking forward to seeing what all these game twos um yield for us man we'll see we'll see so uh again this is episode number 55 right so we got to do something for the culture man for the culture and it would not be right if we didn't talk about the mutombo finger wag 
right? Right. So, so listen, if you had to talk about one thing from the culture that gets the Matumbo finger wag right now, what would that thing be, bro? We we given the finger wag the no 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 to black exploitation. Uh-oh. We can't come out of Wakanda, and then the next commercial I see is for a show called OG. <laughs> and my man been in prison for fifteen years, and he's trying to rehabilitate himself. Hey, I'm all for the rehabilitation stories. Uh, the gospel is all about second chances, but we're not about to sit here and just follow up Wakanda with OG. So I'm giving my Matumbo finger wave. To the in the hip hop culture, in the TV culture, in all of it, the black exploitation. Y'all just gonna keep hyping up like these hyper narratives. Nah, that gets the finger wave. That gets the that gets the matumbo for me. We Jay are Rich, not you? here for that. Okay. Another we're thing that we're that. No, another thing that we're not here for that's gonna get the matumbo finger wave or wag. You know what that's gonna be? Is trotting out these African American COOs to uh to shame the culture for being upset with all these organizations and companies who do some racist stuff. Okay. Let me tell you about two instances. Okay. Recently, Starbucks, man. Starbucks, Philadelphia, two black dudes sitting there waiting on the friend, using the bathroom. Employees called the police on these dudes doing nothing. Two black dudes in their 20s. They get handcuffed. Thankfully, somebody recorded the videos. So day or two later, Starbucks comes out with an apology. We're so sorry. And then they trot out their COO, who's a Spelman graduate, by the way, who says, I was I was devastated by that video. My son is 28 years old. I would never have seen something like that. Like she is the company woman. OK, same thing happened with the Dallas Mavericks, right? They had some harassment right. issues, had some, and and a Cuban <laughs> decides that he's going to hire an African American COO. He's like, hmm, how can I fix this? Oh, black female. Hey, I'm all for black women getting their opportunities, but not like this. Not like this. Okay, so I'm gonna it give. It can't be checkmate. It can't no, be the checkmate. Cannot, man. So you're gonna get the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag for even trying to trot my black sisters out there to do their thing to kind of save your face starbucks okay people going to panera these days black folks said no we're not going to starbucks but (laughs) you can't be trotting my sisters out there like that man cannot do that rich gonna get the finger wag bro so just a little insight into our friendship when this was first forming and you (laughs) i had asked you about something near philly that you had experience with that i was considering and like you were trying to be so careful with your words. We're not going to go into what that was, but I still ended up saying I'm going to go. But I got off the bus right in Center City, right near where the Starbucks thing happened. I could have easily just been me sitting in there. Wow. Except I wouldn't have been waiting for somebody, but I would have been five and a half hours from home just sitting up in the jail looking like a, a, a episode. For the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Listen, we, I go into restaurants and sit around all the time, bro. I've done that in the Starbucks here in Naperville. I cannot believe that that happened. Well, I can believe it, but just think about that, man. They're waiting on a friend, and the guy happened to be white, I think. And they get handcuffed and arrested. So I just cannot fathom that happening. And the fact that they tried to save face by bringing this African-American queen out there 
and for her to say all the right things i'm like bruh i'm all listen i like the fortune 500 companies starting to to bring on black leadership but please don't turn it into tokenism finger wag all day long block that shot into the stands absolutely all right so jay rich you already mentioned every week we're christ we're culture with theology through the lens of the gospel so this week i have a question for you i'd love for you to take a crack at it so both the, you and i have been active in ministry in various forms what would be your counsel to somebody who just feels like they've fallen away from god or god is distant whether that has come through some season of prodigal where they just kind of done their own thing and maybe just hit rock bottom or maybe just through disappointment in a season god didn't do things the way they had hoped and they just kind of faded away in their disappointment and now they're saying like i don't see the clear way back god feels so far away what's your counsel to that person jay rich hmm so this i mean this happens more than people would like to admit that this idea of God not feeling near or uh, feeling like you're you're running away or moving away from uh, any type of relationship with him. Uh, people won't admit it, but it definitely is happening more than they'd like to. And I would I, I would first say this, okay, if, if someone feels that way or feels like God is far away, I definitely would remind them or would love to remind them that, man, God is never far away. I mean, God is a God who is omnipresent, first of all. So he's even in the midst of, of, of your sadness, depression, pain, whatever it may be, like God is present with you. That's, that's Emmanuel, God with us. That's what uh, scripture tells us about Jesus being with us. And here's a God who, uh, I just finished teaching on this. Here's a God who, who literally says that here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the, the shepherd who actually abandons 99 other sheep to pursue that one, um, pursue the one who is far away. So I would even say that to that person that that there, there are going to be moments where you might feel far away from God, but he'll he'll send you subtle reminders, whether it be in a person, whether it be in an encouraging word, whether it be someone doing something for you, that he's there. That, that he's present. But sometimes it takes um, being able to recognize that in the pain. And I understand that may be the hardest thing, especially when someone has experienced loss or something to, something to that effect. Uh, most often people who experience loss um, don't necessarily feel like they need to be in community or, or communion with other people or even with God. And uh, in those moments, I think it takes a community of faith of recognizing that presence and being present around that person is more helpful than anything else could be. So just offering some type of shoulder to cry on. So I would say on, on the person's end who is feeling like God's far away, just a reminder that God is there and present. And then on the person's end who sees someone who may feel that way, I would just say just offer time and presence with that person and hopefully that helps to move them closer into intimacy with god but he's never abandoned anybody he he's always there he's omnipresent always there in the midst of all of that what about you bro so i think the biggest thing i think that the gospel speaks to us in that season is kind of counterintuitive um, you feel like you've been in a prodigal season 
you know you've been living outside of God's will for your life or you've just kind of turned your back on him in disappointment. When you want to come back, I think you feel just like the prodigal. I need to have this speech ready. I need to do all these things. I need to lessen my role in the kingdom so I won't ask to be a son again. I'll just ask to be a servant. So I think it's just clinging to the gospel that you can just return. That um, the same grace that saved you is the same grace that keeps you even when you fall. Like it's the grace that's there to pick you back up and there's nothing to earn back in that grace. So uh, we just return, you know, we do the things that we had done before. So if I could use an analogy, um, if you fall, I'm not going to sing the Donnie McClurkin song right here, but you just get up again, you know? Um, so if you were to fall in the middle of our street, uh, I probably would laugh and then run out to try to help you. Um, but you would just get up and you would continue down that path. And I think that's all the Lord asks of us. He doesn't ask us to come back and earn something um, to add to the cross. We never add to the cross. So it's just it's just getting back up and knowing that God in his foreknowledge knew that that season of your life was coming when he chose to rescue you in the first place. That uh, we may be surprised by our sin, but God's not surprised by our sin or our disappointment or anything mm -hmm. else that's been in there. And um, just those comforting verses in Romans might help too. Romans 8, like what should separate us from the love of God? And Paul lists these things. And then when he gets tired of things, the list just says, look, man, nothing, like nothing. The answer is nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Such so, a great um, passage. Such a great yeah. passage. Yeah, man. So I think that's uh, that's good counsel. I mean, this is something that a lot of people go through. I mean, we talk about the rates of depression um, that go undiagnosed. Um, the the fact that spiritual warfare is real. Like we definitely don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So people are um, in these spiritual battles and sometimes they feel like they aren't close to the commander of the Lord's army as Joshua uh, realized in 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 his uh, in his book in the Old Testament, so um, so yeah, I would definitely uh, just echo some of the things that you said, man, and hopefully that was helpful for some folks. All right, bro, let me check out your bookshelf, man. What you been reading lately, bro? So Jay Rich, you know that you tend to uh, work through books a little quicker than I do. So instead, today I think I'm going to offer you. Uh, blog post and it was by Paul Tripp. Um, you can just go to paultripp.com and find it. And the amazing thing about the blog, last couple of weeks been all this talk about uh, racial diversity in the church. Oh, we talked last week in episode 54. Hey, stay away from those comment sections of those talks and posts. Uh, they're not healthy. They're not edifying. It's not going to help move the conversation forward. But something that did help move the conversation forward was a blog written by um, Paul Tripp, where uh, he intentionally positioned himself inside of Epiphany Fellowship, not in a leadership position, just to go there and be among brothers. And here's a guy with nice. a national platform who says like, hey, this pastor preaches the gospel. He happens to be African-American, but he's going to be my pastor and says like in the midst of that, like I realized some things that I wasn't applying in the gospel. And it's, it's beautifully written. And wow. he talks about um, the mercy and justice of God and how um, he needs to pursue both as a Christian. And he writes it as only Paul Tripp can, man. Like he just has a way of explaining the gospel 
that I just love. It's well written. I was surprising to learn that he was a member of Epiphany. It was just great. So that is refreshing. So I'll commend that. I love anything that Paul Tripp writes. So definitely we'll include a link to that in the show notes for everyone who is listening. So my uh, book would be Preaching on Your Feet, Connecting God and the Audience in a Preachable Moment, uh, written by Fred LeBrand. I am um, working my way outside of the manuscript mode of preaching towards outline, towards more towards preaching without notes. And uh, it's a scary proposition. But at the same time, I feel like I know <laughs> what I want to say enough to where I can do that. Um, in a sense, I was forced to do that when I went to South Carolina and the pastor just impromptu asked me to, to actually preach a message <laughs> and I didn't have any notes there and it, it went well. So I know that I can do it, but this is one of the books that I feel like will help me to put some language around or at least a process around moving from manuscript to um, to preaching extemporaneous without notes. I'm a manuscript preacher because I love like making my words count but I think that doing it this way will help me connect more with the audience as well. I feel that. And I struggle with that so much too, as someone who would much rather write an article about the gospel than be the person given the Sunday morning message that um, like it can come across as uh, ingenuine sometimes or disgenuine if, if it's so scripted that there's no like natural connection. So yeah, even though I love to write and I definitely love, Words, I grew up on hip hop. I love to write. Words are my thing. So like that's that's interesting. I'd be interested to check out that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure thing, man. All right, bro. Closing shout outs. Yeah, this one's easy for me, Jay Rich. It's got to be my rec league basketball team. So uh, we, this is going to sound crazy because I tell you, Jay Rich, how much I love to win in the process for me. Um me and my boy Jay Hart were the backcourt trying to, uh, I mean, I watched my teammates give all we have, but we missed a buzzer beater at the buzzer that would have won us the game. But it was my favorite game of the year, even though we didn't win it. But my rec league team, all those brothers, just a great group of guys to play with. So I got to give a shout out to Tony, who's in small group at my church, Jay Hart, who played on my team in college. A lot of my old high school teammates, BJ, Jeremy, all these guys great group of guys to be around i love playing with them and we were just uh in and out on that last shot so we talked about buzzer beaters too we were like would you rather get beat by 20 or take a buzzer beater and we had a big debate about that but that sounds like that was a great game man i definitely had a buzzer beater roll out on me uh at the end of our rec league season too so that's that's really really interesting you guys are kind of copying me trying to do all that man so shout out to c last and jay hart for getting the rec league basketball hoops on uh we miss jay hart on the show don't we man jay hart what's good homie so look my closing shout out is going to be to a group of pastors in the chicago area today I had a chance to go down and sit with them and talk about evangelism in their context. And these are West Side Chicago pastors uh, in a very urban context that's going to look very different from a suburban context. And it was just good going down there and chopping it up with them, man. In the blue light district in Chicago, man, you know what that means, right? That means that no. you don't want to be there at nighttime if you see those lights turn on. Um, they have blue lights on light poles, which means that these are high crime areas. Uh, 
and we were right in the middle of it, but really loved the pastor's hearts to reach the community, man. And it just felt like there was a more connection uh, with the city just by being there. So shout out to the Austin area pastors at the Circle Urban Ministries out in uh, the Austin area neighborhood of Chicago. Had a great time down there today. I like getting outside of the suburban context sometimes, man, and going chop it up with our people. Oh, that's dope. All right. That's been episode number 55, the Dikembe Matumbo episode. We thank you guys for finger wagging with us today. And we look forward to you guys joining us on the next episode, number 56. Until then, make sure you go over to Facebook. Uh, join our group at Boxing One Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Boxing One Podcast. All of the podcast episodes are on Boxing One Podcast. Dot com. We also have a blog post that we posted based on our last episode where we talked about five things to help you avoid weariness in racial reconciliation conversations. Go over there and check it out. Until then, me and the homie C. Lance are going to continue watching this playoff basketball. We'll see you guys next go round. Grace and peace to you all.